Greetings, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cannabis Community Insider, a podcast featuring conversations with top influencers shaping the cannabis landscape today. I'm your host, Mark Pasikovich, and in my day job, I am a lobbyist and public affairs consultant, and one of my biggest clients is a cannabis company. This experience as an industry lobbyist and insider gives me access to key people and unique insights that I look forward to sharing with you. We bring you inside the cannabis industry and feature a multitude of diverse perspectives and opinions from business leaders, government officials, community stakeholders, and other key people in the fast-moving world of cannabis. The podcast tells the backstories of the developments you see in the news. We answer pressing questions from patients and consumers and explore the latest developments in cannabis business and culture. And by the way, your voice, yes, yours, really matters in determining the future of this podcast. So please don't forget to like us or recommend us or rate us highly, and certainly don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Community Insider on whatever platform you use. Don't forget, if you want to be an insider, you got to listen to the insider. If you go to the doctor uh, and ask them about getting a medical cannabis card, one of a few things is likely to happen. Uh, Most likely, you're probably just going to get a shoulder shrug and a stare, a blank stare. Mostly, doctors uh, have not educated themselves about cannabis, even though the use of cannabis and the medical use of cannabis uh, is exploding around the country and the world. A lot of doctors have not read anything about cannabis and thus are really uncomfortable uh, talking to their patients about it. Sometimes it's even more nefarious than that. Sometimes uh, certain doctors will have a policy in place, a prohibition from their medical system, their uh, hospital, their clinic. Uh, Their employer will have a policy um, forbidding the doctor from addressing medical cannabis with the patient, which is really the opposite of uh, what it should be. But I I save my disdain and dislike uh, for some of the doctors who are just outright hostile. Ask them about medical cannabis, and they're just actually going to judge you rather than treating you. Uh, They will uh, immediately start talking to you like you're a junkie. Uh, you might even get a reefer madness lecture. You think I'm kidding? You think if you're an adult and you go ask your doctor about cannabis, you're just going to get respect and knowledge? Well, not always. Um, There are a lot of doctors uh, and a lot of stories, firsthand stories that I've heard, who've been prescribing patients powerful and highly addictive narcotics for months uh, or even for years. Uh, And they think nothing about cutting you off from those pills, cold turkey, for just asking about medical cannabis. And no, I'm not kidding. Zero empathy, zero sympathy, zero listening, zero caring, just 
reefer madness. Uh, and I hear this stuff from fearful, devastated, um, angry patients uh, all the time. So for a positive view of how medical cannabis patients can be treated and indeed should be treated, I visited with Dr. Raul Kari at Innovative Express Care in Chicago. Now, he has built a medical practice that treats medical cannabis patients like patients rather than criminals. He'll even work with you to make sure you can use your insurance to cover these visits. And what a novel idea, uh, a doctor who is willing to advise you on something that you might be using as medicine. Every doctor should be doing that. So this is a great interview. In addition to talking about this topic, and I know Dr. Kari's passionate about it like I am, uh, at the end of the interview, I also just touched briefly on the issue of vaping with all the concerns and news around uh, vaping-related diseases that we've heard about out there. Uh, I wanted to talk to an actual honest-to-goodness Illinois doctor about what people should be thinking and what people should be uh, protecting themselves from and what people can trust. So here's our conversation. Dr. Rahul Kari of Innovative Express Care, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, the Innovative Express Care and Innovative Wellness Empire that you have built. Right. We started as an urgent care. Um, as you know, um, I'm an emergency physician, board certified. Uh, I worked at uh, Northwestern uh, downtown uh, for the first 12 years of my career, right out of residency and training from the University of Michigan. But did that for 12 years, uh, did a lot of grants, uh, got a lot of grants to look at quality in healthcare, um, how people use healthcare, urgent cares, primary care, ER, um, and then decided instead of studying it, why don't I open my own? Um, and so opened up my own urgent care, but soon after um, opened up my own primary care clinic as well as medical cannabis certification clinic, um, uh, as well as a variety of other things, including um, uh, mental health therapy, ketamine um, for depression and pain. We have pain management and we have a med spa as well. So speaking particularly about the um, Innovative Wellness, which is our cannabis certification and cannabis primary care um, uh, services, we opened up across the street from our original location in Lincoln Park, and we sell our own proprietary CBD. Um, but more than that, we also certify patients for their medical card, uh, their medical cannabis card. And then we help them um, after they get their card by doing consultations to find the appropriate strains because the patient with rheumatoid arthritis need very different medication um, in terms of cannabis than, say, a patient with a seizure disorder or PTSD. And so we have now tailored um, the cannabis that is in their dispensary to help um, sit down and we follow up with them. We use uh, medical insurance, which is what a lot of people don't um, realize, um, because we are real providers. Um, 
talking to patients about their conditions, getting vital signs. But yes, cannabis is part of it, but it's also the disease process we're talking about. And we, you know, encourage other things. Like if they haven't had the flu vaccine and want that, we can help them with that. If they need their yearly blood draw, we help them with that. We have primary care. So we try to take healthcare as we normally do it, and we are incorporating cannabis with it because we are huge believers in it. And of course, if we're going to talk about medical cannabis, we talk about med management. Yes. Uh, and that's what medical cannabis consultations are all about, right? Yes. It's, it's different than phar uh, pharmaceuticals, right? If I tell you, um, listen, Mark, you need to be on Lipitor 10 milligrams a day, uh, I give you a prescription for it, and you go to your CVS or Walgreens and you fill it. Um, cannabis, every dispensary, unlike pharmacies, every dispensaries have different products, different strains of medication. They all come from generally the same growers, Cresco, GTIs, and, and those um, growers, but they all get different strains. So what we have to do is give your dispensary a call and say, hey, what do you have um, that is a two-to-one CBD or a one-to-one and -one an RSO or in flower, depending on what the patient uses. Um, if they're a minor, we'll do tinctures. If, they're, uh, if they like to use um, cannabis flower and smoke it at, at nighttime at times, and we, we, we get that. And we'll call these dispensaries to make to see what they have, and we'll get the what we feel the equivalent is to what they need. Um, and then the patient can go up there like a pharmacy and pick it up. Uh, they can talk to their dispensary and say, hey, anything I should look out for. But for the most part, they can pick it up, come back to us in a couple of weeks or a month to see how it's going, and we, we reiterate this and do it again and again until we get the right types of strains for our patients. So it's very... Um, specific based on the patient, their uh, what, how they like to ingest their cannabis, as well as um, the the strain types. Of course, that's where we really come in and say, "Hey, you need a really high CBD," or you know what, that's not really what you need. You need high THC um, because we want you to use the least product as possible. Um, just like um, in medicine, I want the lowest dose of the medication that works. To be um, to very similar to cannabis, I want the lowest dose that works for these patients. I do not want people um, that have too much medication because you get too much of the side effects. You can't, you can't, you're not coherent. You you slur your words. We don't want that. Um, so we want the least medication um, that works is is the best medication, and um, we have to find the right strains with you, uh, and we do that through insurance, which I think is the way it should be. One of the things that I like about what you do is that you actually engage with a full uh, spectrum of providers, including calling the dispensary. And uh, as long as we're on the subject, I've sort of found uh, a, a vast range of knowledge uh, uh, from people who work at dispensaries. Uh, some are uh, experts, uh, some read a pamphlet. Where do you think dispensary counseling comes in and, and, and where do you think medical care comes in? Right. You're right. The variability of quality in the dispensary agents, if you will, um, is huge. Uh, some are very knowledgeable and some aren't. We're really in the infant stages of cannabis, right? We just got legalized three, four years ago with um, 
flower on the shelves uh, just over three years ago. So we're, there's no certification for these. Um, there's no, like, uh, you know, for a physician, I have to be board, you know certified in the state of Illinois. They really don't have the scrutiny. And some of them have basic knowledge and some of them have advanced knowledge. And you might get someone with advanced knowledge or you might not. And that's, that's where we get involved. Um, I think as we progress, um, there will be certifications and a bar that they have to meet. Um, but the truth is, uh, just like pharmacists, um, they have knowledge in the medications, but you know, the physicians and the providers have knowledge of, of their healthcare in general. We take the time to get your vital signs. We, have, we make the time to ask your past medical histories, what you've used in the past. Pharmacists have very good knowledge about their, their medications. So do the, the people who work at dispensaries. They know very much where the strain was, the hybrid came from, uh, what the lineage is. They know a lot about that, but they can't um, take that and know the patient. That's not fair to ask that. So we do that for them. We spend 20 to 45 minutes per patient. And, and so I don't think it's the role or the responsibility um, for the dispensary um, heads to really um, get into the, the medical issues of our, of our patients. So you're somewhat unusual in terms of doctors, because a lot of other doctors not only don't help their patients, but judge their patients. Uh, some patients are afraid to talk to their doctor and to reveal the secret about their interest in cannabis. And I think we've all heard some horror stories. What are we going to do about that? I mean, should doctors be involved in uh, medical cannabis management? Absolutely. Doctors should be very involved with all medications that the patient is using over-the-counter, prescription-based, illicit drugs um, that they use. I mean, we take care of the patient and whether it's illegal, whether it's legal, and whether it's helpful or not helpful, we need to understand what they're using to fully get an idea of what the patient's health is. So it's unfortunate. I've seen a lot of uh, my patients that have come from me from their primary care providers or their specialists saying, you know, I mentioned it to them and I got berated, or they actually stopped my opiates um, cold turkey. These things are horrendous. And uh, as you and I have discussed, we learn as a physician, first do no harm. And by cutting patients off or not listening to them, that's harming them because they're unwilling to talk to you about things. A little bit of trust has been broken. And once the trust has been broken, that sacred bond between patient and relationship has been broken. So to me, I say, get out of that situation. There are providers that will listen to you and how you use cannabis. And um, the good ones, if you don't have a card, will get you certified. So you get high quality controlled you know, um, cannabis that is grown in a proper way and you know exactly what's in it with different ingestion types from edibles to tinctures to the flower to smoke to vape. It's important to get your drugs legally get um, the high compliance that the Illinois has put on us is great. The bar is very high and it is very good for the patient that the quality of our cannabis is some of the best in the nation 
and in the world. And I'm very proud of that to be from Illinois. I'm proud of the government to writing the laws that has enacted this and for the people to, uh, and the government, actually the government to pass a law for recreation, which has been the first time ever in our country um, that was it wasn't done by the people, it was done by the government. I'm proud of that. But now physicians have to come around and say, okay, I know my medical training had no training in cannabis because it was illegal. Now it's legal. So it's up to the physicians to learn about it because what we didn't realize is how many people were using cannabis illicitly. And now that it's legal, they're using it legally and it's our responsibility to help them use medication, legal medication, in a way that will improve their quality of life and uh, help them um, be with their loved ones for with a high quality of life, um, to go out with their friends when they usually wouldn't go out, be on the couch because of pain. Um, so I think it's important that physicians learn, and now's the time for them to learn about it. What are the resources that are available uh, for physicians? Do we need more stuff so they can learn? Or how did you educate yourself? I think resources are there and it's important, but your resource is really your patient. They're telling you, I am decreasing my Xanaxes. I am decreasing my Ativans or my Ambien's at night. They're decreasing their Norcos and Percocets. And this is how I really um, fell in love with cannabis as a medication. Three or four of my patients early when cannabis was uh, now on the shelves were decreasing their allotments. Uh, every month, um, instead of 30 Xanaxes, they said, hey doc, can, can you just give me 20 this time? I'm, I'm using other things, other means to decrease and uh, for my ambience, okay? Let's give that a, an example. And I said, wow, that's great. I love it that you're not on a pill to sleep every night. What are you doing? And there would be a hesitation. There would be a kind of uncomfortable look. And well, I'm smoking pot. And I look at them, and these are these aren't twenty five year olds, right? These are fifty, sixty year olds, and I was like, "Wow, you know, there was a new law that passed." He goes, "Yeah, I wanted to ask you that next. Can you can you sign me up?" And I mean, how can you say no when your patient's telling you I'm decreasing my pharmaceuticals using cannabis? This is an amazing thing. And for me, I said, absolutely. But you got to train me and teach me how to do that. So with my patients, we filled out forms and went back and forth with the state. And that's how it all started. And then, you know, we said, hey, I'm, you know, within a year, I'm, I'm advising some of these patients, like, listen, you're starting to use a lot of ambience. I, I would like you to think about, you know, other means. And um, we started incorporating it. And for for the last three years, our practice has grown to be a cannabis-friendly primary care practice, but as well as cannabis certification for patients whose doctors could not, did not feel comfortable certifying. And then, of course, patients who need um, help with their strains or just not getting the right strain, we've, we've consulted on that. And that's been a huge success for us and something that I've had a huge amount of pleasure doing. I think we can all agree that no patient deserves a reefer madness style lecture when they go see their healthcare provider. I think we agree that every patient deserves empathy 
And the issue, I think, for some doctors is an unwillingness to engage in sort of old-fashioned views. Other doctors simply don't feel comfortable because they don't know enough. And realistically, doctors are busy people. They're not necessarily going to take time to learn something that's not required by their you know, certification body. So I think your message really from what I'm hearing is, number one, first, do no harm. And second, help them. But if you can't help them, refer them. How do you think that process, referral process, should work? Should doctors be making it their business to figure out who in the area can see their patients on this issue? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing, I would like primary care doctors to understand cannabis more. Quite frankly, it's it's not very difficult. Um, patients have figured it out. They figured out how to help them go to sleep, how to decrease some of their pain medications. Um, so it's not difficult. It's a plant, and we understand how it's worked. It's the medicine has been around for over a thousand years. But if they don't feel comfortable, if they feel like it's a liability, if they feel you know, they can't do justice for that patient, um, do what they normally do is, is um, refer them to a physician that will help them and send them back to them. And that's, that's what we try to be in our community. Um, we've certainly had orthopedic surgeons and even pain doctors referring patients to get certified and get consultation and then, you know, continue with the specialist or the physician. And what's interesting is that patients respect that. They're not mad at their primaries when they're uh, their doctor actually sends um, them to a specialist. Um, they actually like that. And so we're getting a lot more referrals from physicians around the city. And usually, by the way, we only see them two or three times to get them the, the cannabis that they need and get them to understand and feel comfortable with it. And then they're on their own. So this is not a lifelong, now another doctor that they have. It's just a hand-holding. It's the encouragement. It's the education that we give them and teaching them how to use. So we are all for partnering with other physicians, um, getting their patients knowledgeable in cannabis as a medication, and then letting that patient use it on their own. And the reason they can use cannabis on their own is because it's so safe. There's no other scheduled medication where you don't need a monthly prescription or some kind of physician. So the, the government, uh, thankfully, has made it so that they don't the patients don't have to come back every month. They have to come back every three years, which um, is a long time. And I think that it's because it's so safe. So the system is uh, changing. As you know, adult use recreational cannabis is going to be legal starting January 1, 2020. And in a lot of states, when the recreational program was passed, the medical program sort of atrophied. That is, if I get my medicine without needing to be certified as a medical patient, why go through the hassle? Uh, obviously, part of it is that special partnership between a doctor and a patient and getting the doctor's advice on another substance they're putting in their bodies. But beyond sort of it's just the right thing to do, uh, do you think the medical program will continue? What's the incentive for people to become medical cannabis patients? Right. Well, in the state of Illinois, there are things that the, they have put into place which makes it to the, to the benefit of the patient who uses it medically to get their medical card. And when I say who uses it medically, um, it's anyone who uses it more than one to two times a week then you are using it medically. The truth is, 
even alcohol is being used medically um, by a lot of patients. It's not a good medicine, let me make that clear, but when anxiety occurs, people um, reach for a glass of wine or a beer. Um, what are they, why are they doing that? They're using it medically. Now, I'm, I'm not pro a proponent of that, but with cannabis, if you're using it more than on a social uh, a night out, um, which by the way, in January, you can totally do legally, and I'm very excited to have that option for, um, for everyone in the state of Illinois, but if you're using it in the evening to go to sleep, that's not um, for pleasure, that's actually for medical. And the reason it's important to get your card is that there are three things in particular. One, it's 30% less if you get your card, up to 30%, because the taxes on recreation will be up to 30%, whereas on medical, it'll be 2 to 3%. So imagine that. You're, you're going to save a lot of money. Number two is um, eventually um, some people who use it as medicine would like to grow their own cannabis and grow their own medication. I mean, we have an herb plant uh, where I get my basil out of on my deck in the city of Chicago, and I put that in my pasta, and I feel so excited that I have used something I've created. Can you imagine if you're using your own medicine? You know exactly where it came from, what you put in there, the safety of it. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And third, and and most importantly, that I think people will really want is, can you imagine what the lines are going to be on January 2nd or when they go, it's going to be, it's, we're going to wear coats, it's going to be out the door, they're going to tell people to come back. But if you have your medical card, they will service you um, in a different line. And it's almost like uh, United Airlines, Premier Platinum. It's, it, it is important because if you're using and going often and it's your medication, you shouldn't be waiting in that line. You should be going to get your medicine and getting out. And so I think that's a great reason to get your card as well. So if you have one of the conditions, and they've just expanded it um, in the last couple of months, including migraines and chronic pain is now one of them, then you really should um, get your card. Um, it's easy to do. You know, if you come to us at Innovative Wellness, we take insurance. So it could be just your copay, um, which is which it should be because it's a medicine, and get your card and then bypass the line, grow your own cannabis, and save up to 30% every time you go. I think that's a great reason to come. And I do think because of those reasons, the medical cannabis program will not fizzle out. And we know, based on other states that went from medical to recreational, actually in the next year, their cannabis certifications went up, skyrocketed, um, it doubled. And from us, we're starting to prepare for that because what's gonna happen are patients who are trying it recreationally, such as maybe my mother will try it, um, I hope you're listening, Mom, <laughs> um, and say, oh my God, for my arthritis, guess what, it's certifiable condition right now, this is really helping me. Why didn't you tell me about this? And I did, but they will say, okay, I've tried it. I wanna get my card. I wanna to talk to my doctor about this. And so we're gonna get more of the elderly population. We're gonna get more of the, um, the mothers um, who wanted to not use it because they have chill, young children. And they will start to realize, wow, this is a medicine and not an illicit drug like I've been taught. So there's something for everyone here. If you're thrifty, you uh, get to save on taxes, like 30%, which is something. Yes. Uh, and you also have the potential of growing your own product uh, because the law will now allow for medical patients only 
to grow up to five plants. If you're not so concerned about the thrift aspect, the availability of your medicine is still going to be impacted. You're going to have different kinds of priority access, and you're also potentially going to have medicine reserved for you. Is that right? How- That's right. I mean, what I've, I've talked to the dispensaries, and they will service and give first come, first serve um, to everyone. However, if you are a medical patient, they will have, um, and you call in and you say, hey, can you reserve something? I'm a medical patient. They will do everything they can to save that for you. And then, you know, not waiting 45 minutes. If you've ever been to um, Vegas um, or L.A., sometimes, you know, in some of these places, you're in line for 30 to 45 minutes, which not a big deal. But if you're going every week as a medical patient, you really, that's a lot of time. And so I I think that jumping to the front of the line or uh, premier service or whatever you want to call it for medical patients is really important. So uh, to me, I think it's extremely important. One of the reasons why I like Illinois' law is I think they're actually required by law now to sort of have reserves of medical cannabis for their medical patients, uh, even if they sell out of the other stuff, right? Right, right. And I think that's really important. And this medical... Cannabis is it's the stuff that's out there right now. So it's the stuff that's very popular. The G6, high in THC, that really helps a lot of people. But the Harley Sue, high in CBD. So you have sweet pea. That, you know, these are strains that are medical, but they will also be recreational. But they will be on reserve for um, patients when they need them. I love it. When you mention names, I keep thinking Kari Kush. One day. One day. Uh, well, this is all really really helpful. Uh, We wanted to talk about these things, but uh, since they're sort of a newsworthy item to discuss right now, I also wanted to touch on that, and that is the whole issue around vaping and where vaping uh, is going, um, what the concerns are. When when your patients ask you about what's going on with the whole vaping thing, what are you telling them? Right. So there's two aspects of it. And I want to address the medical cannabis, first of all. As we know right now, of all the medical cannabis um, in Illinois, uh, we have not seen evidence that um, the the vape lung disease that is occurring nationwide has been affected in Illinois' medical cannabis. So I want to make that clear. I put out a statement to my patients as well as on our website and blog to say that if you are a patient using vape products in the medical cannabis-governed cannabis world, you will be safe. I'm very confident of that. We're learning more and more of what's going on. There's um, been some theory to believe it's a vitamin E um, additive that is causing this, but it's something that's really um, ongoing by the CDC. They're doing a lot of um, investigation. We're in the midst of a huge issue going on. Um, Imagine India just banned all vape products. That's pretty excessive, right? They're, they're they're tobacco. They don't they're not cannabis. They're not a country that endorses any medical cannabis whatsoever. But imagine a whole country, over a billion people, and they're unable to vape. And so they, we're seeing this in other countries, and it's it's changing economics of um, people involved in it. It's changing people who have used tobacco 
um, and cigarettes that have transitioned into vape and now they can't use that. Um, it's, it's a little bit scary to tell you the truth. What's going to happen to our smoking numbers of tobacco? Um, so, I, and you know, I, I think that um, that's another subject, but for Illinois, for my patients who use cannabis as a medication legally using their card, they are safe to use. Um, and something that the um, companies uh, like Cresco and GTI are looking into and taking very seriously, but there's no evidence that any of the um, cultivators' products um, are causing any of these um, injuries to the lungs um, due to the vape. And when we t we're talking about evidence, uh, a, the, the cannabis industry is so highly regulated. Everybody watches it very closely, uh, who governs the program. Uh, you would figure uh, in three or four years of patients using vaping products from their dispensaries, something would have come up by now if they were indeed dangerous in some way. Absolutely. That, that is a, a big reason of why, um, why I'm not so worried about it. It's actually because Illinois was pretty late in the game um, to um, legalize medical cannabis. They learned um, from other states uh, and they highly regulated um, cannabis um, vape juice production. And by doing that, um, what solvents can be used, what additives, no flavoring, this and that. When they did that, there was a reason for it. There's a reason for government compliance. And this is one. It's for the safety of, uh, of the people. And in this case, for the patients who use cannabis. So it's a beautiful um, thing. And this is why... You know, there needs to be some governance in whatever we do, especially when it comes to medications and health. Now, there can't be too much, um, but here's the here's a rationale of why it needs to be there. And uh, I'm, again, extremely proud of, of what Illinois has done um, in, in the medical cannabis world. This has been really, really helpful. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts uh, and uh, look forward to talking again. Thanks for having me. And uh, I hope your listeners, um, if they don't have their card and obviously are interested in it, will check us out at innovativewell.com um, or just Google Innovative Wellness for either certification, um, for consultation, for your strains, or just to get a new primary care provider who's cannabis friendly. You heard it here, folks. Pick up the phone or, right. or go online. Thank you. You're welcome. It seems to me that there are few, really, if any, relationships that are as intimate and sacred as the relationship between doctor and patient. Um, trust and respect in this relationship are paramount. Uh, sometimes... Trust and respect are as important as the medicine itself, because you know what? Trust and respect and the relationship are part of the treatment, are part of the healing, are part of the medicine. So the impact that a healthcare provider has on a patient is really profound. And that's why, uh, especially as legal cannabis use expands throughout the United States and beyond, and medical cannabis use really explodes uh, in its usage around the world, it is really very important for our healthcare providers to get with the program, to meet their patients where they are, rather than the other way around. Those providers who ignore this reality and fail 
to prepare to address it and ignore their patients are doing a disservice to those patients. A doctor's inaction, as well as a doctor's action, can hurt a patient. So doctors, keep in mind, first, do no harm. And if you can't help a patient with medical cannabis, then refer them to a doctor who can. There are plenty, like Dr. Kari, around if you only look. But if you are a patient who has had this issue, who has been ignored or disrespected or dismissed by your healthcare provider because you asked about medical cannabis, please remember, it does not have to be this way. You have options. Take care of yourselves. And many thanks to our listeners. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give this podcast a positive review, to like us or to give us five stars or to recommend us and comment. Um, and definitely don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Community Insider on whatever podcast platform you use. We are working on new episodes all the time, uh, and we hope you'll join us again. And don't forget, if you want to be an insider, you have to listen to the insider. Thanks, and talk to you soon.